0: And techniques for how you can take yourself from failure to success literally overnight. Sales is like that. All you have to do is get one great idea and implement it, and bang, you're at way. The freedom to earn as much as you want. There aren't many professions that have no limits to what you can earn, but sales is one of them. If you can get your act together, the sky's the limit. Usually, the only restrictions on you are those that are self imposed. Because of the nature of sales, that is, that you are selling a product or service, the only thing standing between where you are and where you want to be is your current belief system. If you can truly convince yourself that you can achieve a certain target and then work smart towards that goal, it's only a matter of time before you achieve it. You didn't invest in this audiobook because you were satisfied with where you're at in your career. You picked it up because you thought there might be a possibility of learning a new tool or technique that would help you improve your sales performance. Now that doesn't mean you're not already doing well. In fact, it's always the people who are doing well in sales that are the first ones to tell me about a new audio book on the subject. These successful people are so focused and determined to achieve that they have internet bookstores alerting them via email when a new audio book hits the shelves. There's no such thing as a natural-born salesperson. Can you imagine a doctor in a maternity ward walking around proclaiming, this baby's going to make a good school teacher or that baby's going to be a brilliant lawyer? Even if a doctor did do this, you'd never believe them because you know that life will create a unique individual from each baby and that no prediction, no matter who it's from, will carry much weight. You would never assume that a 747 pilot just picked up their flying skills and it's the same with a top salesperson. The reason the person has achieved 747 captain or star salesperson status is because they've applied themselves with tenacity and perseverance to learning everything they can about their chosen career and they have never, ever given up. An obsession with success. In the end, this is what it all comes back to. How much do you want to achieve your dreams and goals? No matter how many ideas or tips you get from this or any other self-help audiobook, the reality is that it is you and only you who will ultimately decide how much success you achieve. For the most part, your family and friends will support you, but even they can't really understand what drives a salesperson to achieve. Only you know. Only you can inspire yourself to reach new goals. Only you can break through the barriers put in your way to test you to see how much you want success. It all comes down to one word, perseverance. It's about never letting go of your dreams, no matter how many times you fall over. It's about never giving up when everyone around you is telling you to. More than anything else, success in sales will be yours when you convince yourself that you can sell it. A request for more information. Have you ever seen a courtroom battle on TV when the lawyer gets to the heart of their argument by quizzing the person in the witness box? The lawyer's main aim is to try and reach their end result by discovering any roadblocks. By roadblocks, I mean anything that is going to stand in the way of achieving the desired end result, which in this case is having the jury acquit their client. Whose side the witness is on will determine how the lawyer questions them. If they are a friendly witness who will help their case, the lawyer will lead the witness to give answers that are helpful to their side. If the witness is hostile, they will ask questions to try to find holes in their testimony. The lawyers don't want any surprises at the end of the case, so they dig for all the little objections or roadblocks they think the jury might have that could stand between a sale or no sale, in this case freedom or jail. When you think about it, lawyers are really salespeople. They have a product to sell, their client's innocence, and they have to sell it to the jury as convincingly as possible. Whether you are selling clothes, cars, financial services or office equipment, you should approach each transaction in the same way. That is, by expecting that every customer will want to have their concerns cleared up before they make a decision. Just like the jury hearing a court case, every concern has to be seized upon because it could be the key to swaying the customer's decision to buy or not to buy, freedom or jail. Objections are a request for more information. If there is a mantra in the world of sales, this would have to be it. An objection is a request for more information, sums it all up. What customers are saying to you when they make an objection or express a concern is that they do want your product but they need to overcome some issues before they can proceed. Objections are the customer's way of removing any doubt they might have about purchasing your product or service. For instance, one of the many objections I receive during the process of selling my services to major corporations is this. Paul, we don't have any training facilities like McDonald's, Westpac, Toyota. Where are we supposed to conduct your seminars? Having been in the business for more than a decade, I've heard this objection over and over again. And just like you, I hear the same old objections time after time. But I know that in order to be a success, I have to make sure that each and every customer's specific objection or concern is handled with care and respect. My response is, Oh, I understand completely, Bob. In fact, my seminars are usually held off-site, away from the office, because every company wants to make the experience very special. Even clients such as Toyota and McDonald's have used outside quality venues such as a hotel or cinema, to make a real impact. Have you considered having your seminar in a movie cinema, Bob? A cinema can hold 500 staff easily and have a good feel to it. People connect cinemas with fun, not boring learning. So holding the seminar there can really create a great start to the day. Up to eight objections before you get to the first yes. I had never actually taken any notice of the number of objections I received during a meeting with a client until I heard this statement. You'll get up to eight objections before the first yes. I'm not saying that every sales transaction takes exactly eight objections to get to the first yes, but the number is fairly accurate. It's also a scary reminder of how quickly many people give up when trying to sell their product or service. The eight objections or concerns might only be small ones tossed in along the way, but they are objections nonetheless and need to be prepared for and handled if you are to achieve your full potential as a salesperson. Why are you working for the competition? Can you imagine what would happen in a game of football if a player handed the ball to one of his competitors and said, there you go, go and score against us, mate? Besides being on the receiving end of heaps of abuse from his teammates, the offending player would cop an earful from his team's supporters who would be thinking, this guy's a traitor and should be hanged for treason. I might have gone a bit over the top with the analogy, but it's not too dissimilar from what happens when you see a client and present your product or service... Overcome a couple of objections, but don't close the deal. You're working for the competition. What's the difference between a player who gives the ball to the opposite player and steps out of the way so he can score against him, and you serving a customer and then failing to persuade them to purchase from you? You've given all the details about your product or service, and then, because you failed to handle all their objections, you've stepped out of the way and allowed the customer to walk away and score at your competitor's store. Every time you give information to a customer about your product or service, you're arming them with what they need to make a deal. Whether they do it with you or with your competitors will be decided by your skill in overcoming objections. It's ruthless, I know, but it's really that simple. Questions clear roadblocks. One of the first things I suggest you do to increase your skills in overcoming objections is role-play your sales presentation with a family member or one of your best friends. You need someone who feels safe enough in their relationship with you to provide honest feedback. Ask them to take notes on your presentation, keeping an eye out for statements. Afterwards, discuss with them how you could turn these statements into questions. The purpose of the exercise is to add more questions into your presentation in a natural sounding way which will help you discover any objections, concerns or roadblocks your customer might have. Of course, you will make heaps of statements during your presentation and they are important the big benefit of the exercise is to have an objective listener. What lender would you not want to do business with? Lloyd, one of my consulting clients, is in the business of arranging home loans. As a broker, he has access to funds from more than 20 banks and building societies throughout Australia and his job is to link his customers with the most appropriate lender. He aims to present each client with a short list of three, from which they can make their choice. One of the first questions he puts to his clients is, is there any lender you would prefer not to do business with? Bingo. Right from the start, Lloyd is able to delete certain lenders from making it into the final three. He has saved himself from the embarrassment of suggesting a lender as terrific only to be told by the customer that they had a falling out with that lender five years earlier. I've learned a lot from Lloyd's example. For example, during my initial discussions with clients, I often suggest seminar venues to them. One of the first things I ask is, do you have any favourite venues that, as an organisation, found work well for your culture? If the client looks at me blankly and says, nope, I follow up with another question, for example, would you consider having the seminar at Crown Towers or Park Hyatt in Melbourne? When they ask why these hotels specifically, I say, I've used these hotels consistently.